Hey, this is Sean from the Wasted Knowledge Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for episode two of our interview with Ty. Uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about musicals, mixed match malorts, Amaro's, Rolodex Contacts, Atari in the beginning of games, first drink, and of course, the dreaded Rumble Mints. Uh, well, if I say, of course, if you ever had it, don't. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Enjoy as we talk about this and more things on part two of episode seven, Ty. Until, like, I was basically like... I'm so glad I came in right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until I, I, I told her, I was like, I want to see this, I want to see this, I love this, I love this, I love this. So how many times have you listened to the soundtrack for Hamilton? Uh, Like, honestly, I've only heard... Every song in Hamilton, maybe once. A few of the songs, a bunch of times. And I want to see Hamilton. I think it's going to be fucking amazing. I'm not paying to see I Hamilton. I probably have listened to the soundtrack of Hamilton at least a hundred and can you can can you rap the 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 the, the main song? I, I'm not. I, no. Ty, do it. This is for the. This is for like the the people who pay. No. No. Damn no. it. The other option I have for this is that, like, after if we're done play recording, it, I, I just want you... I can sing along with it, but don't ask me to do it without it. Oh, we Sorry, can play it. We can 100% play it. Um, the other thing I was going to do was, um, after we're done recording, I just wanted you to do breathing exercises on the microphone for, like, ten, five minutes so that we can get everybody to pay for those, too. <laughs> sure. Just tie doing great. Now breathe in. Breathe out. That's crazy. <laughs> and you know something? Those kill. But I'll tell you, I do that to myself. So on a daily basis. No, no, no. no, no I do that I, on I, a I, daily basis. I remind I, myself to breathe. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I worked with Ty at Canoe when we were talking earlier, and at some point in time. It was some stupid, ridiculous situation where I was really high stress and really anxious. And Ty actually told me to, and I still use it to this day, to breathe and count my inhales and my exhales to 10 and just restart it back at 1 once you reach 10. And not try and reach a certain number or anything like that, just... take a moment to consciously count your breaths instead of thinking of anything else and I still use it to this day when I'm like really really stressed and I'll go one two three four and it it works every time and it's like because there's no real pressure to reach a certain amount it's just counting and then and so yeah I 100% believe that you do that and that you because you taught me to do it. Well, so. here's the thing. You know, on a life, as long as we're living, we're breathing. And as long as we breathe, we're going to have a one-two. So as long as we breathe consciously, the more we do that, the better situation that we have to deal with everything in front of us. Because we're consciously breathing. We're doing that which is organic and human 100% nothing more nothing less and that always connects me to everything that's going on love it all right Sean 
Oh, my God. Sean's uh, holding. Mix match Malort. Sorry, I didn't say it with you. Mix match Malort. <laughs> uh, what, do, <laughs> what do we have today is the, the grand, wonderful prize. Malort? Oh, that is the horrible prize. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that, is, that is the death ending of all. Uh, so, so the 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 two people that 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 win the slightly better than the other person yeah. uh, are are actually house made limoncello. All right, so we made some limoncello, and I say by we I mean Sean, because I had <laughs> little to nothing to do with this it's the royal besides we. being around. Um, <laughs> it's the royal we, um, but some limoncello, and then one of these hidden glasses has malort. Satan's mixture himself. Indeed. Um, by the way, uh, if you're a longtime listener, uh, I at or one first point, time. or first time, but at one point in time, um, with one of our guests, I basically uh, made this game into a litmus test for serial killers, oh. and said that basically the uh, people who enjoyed Malort were more than likely serial killers. We have since found research that basically says that people who prefer bitter, prefer bitter and enjoy astringent flavors and taste. So all the Italians. Actually are sociopaths or psychopaths? Because there is a difference. Uh, are more likely to be sociopaths. More likely to be sociopaths, which is has a direct correlation. Okay, you realize that that people. whole bitter palate is the whole Italian palate, right? Listen here. And they're all Do you want to say anything about the mafia? Because yeah, they're they great. Kill, so I'm showing know, you my they, pinky They here. kill people they with no remorse. <laughs> so I'm just saying that my litmus test has some scientific basis. <laughs> okay. All right, three-card Monty, guys. Uh, oh, crap. Now I'm yeah, you don't even know now. <laughs> and that's why I did it. Well, All right, I, thank I, you. Thank you, thank you. Because I, I was going to allow well, you to, but I was like, anyway. no, I can't allow him to do it. First. I can't allow Sean to do it because he knows he put it. But now I can allow guest you. Guest always gets to pick no, first. No, no, no. no, no. Guest, no, no. Does guest always picks first. You have the best odds if you pick now. Yeah. I mean, you have a 33% chance of not getting it. Nice. Solid. All right. <laughs> oh! Oh, uh, Sean. Two, two. We, we know because of color. All right. <sighs> All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> if you can't tell by everything else in uh, Sean's squeal of excitement, <laughs> I have chosen the Malort for the second recording in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And now, now you will enjoy the sounds of a nauseated person. That's like, drink this. Uh, wow, that limoncello is like... Oh, oh, wow. uh, 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 it sticks to your tongue. The water doesn't help. But water's better than that, right? It's like, uh, oh, well, it's like capsaicin, like when you drink really spicy stuff. If you drink water, it really just spreads it to the rest of the palate. It kind of thins it, but it spreads it. And I'm it's, sorry, I didn't actually mean to make it. It's everywhere, and it won't go me. away. And thank you. So for the rest of the podcast, I will be talking with a face that looks like. And, oh, oh, it's so bad. To be here. Brought to you by 
Cocoa Puffs. Satan's personal Amaro. <laughs> Fucking nasty bastards. Nice. That's what bothers me. I tried Amaro, to explain Amaro. Somebody asked me, like, <laughs> what's an Amaro? I was like, gosh, what you know. What didn't have today? I really don't know what to tell you about that except for just take about 50 or 60 herbs. It doesn't matter which ones. Throw them together. That's going to be an Amaro. You know, just uh, <laughs> let it sit there, the ferment tr- for a while, let it be what it is. And, yeah, there you go. And let it be in Italy, technically. <laughs> that Otherwise, it's just a fucking bitter liqueur. <laughs> Bastards. Well, all right. Have you ever tried the cashew liqueur? Yeah. Which one? You know I, I think is? there's only one. It's like there's it's, only it's, one. It's, it's it's from India. It's absolutely awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was just saying, like, I know it's probably one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever tried. These are kind of, Is it worse than fucking Malort? Um, yeah, actually, Wait, yes. Only because like you, Malort, I've been able to successfully mix with something. Finny, like, yes. Sorry, Finny. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Awful. He's Googling it and showing it on his phone right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. It's worse than Malort. Yes. Because Absolutely. I need something to fucking Because it has nothing, well, it No, has here's the thing. To... I mean, it depends on what you think. Uh, Finney has some, like, strange flavor that goes on. It's, it doesn't taste like cashew. It really does But does it, like, stick to you? Well, like, it, it, no, has, or it has. No, it's just nasty. Is and you're like, ew, what's this alcohol crap thing? Oh, people will, people will ferment anything. Yes, they will. They will try anything because we as humanity have done it. Come on, how many people have I eaten mean, it's, scorpions? It's a form of preservation. A lot. It per- yeah. preserves food. It oh. preserves per- preserves what you want to drink. It also preserves the opportunity to get shit housed and not deal with other things. So it preserves your life. And you're somewhat grasp on reality. <laughs> well, that first and foremost. <laughs> yes. Whether we're consciously uh, conscious of it or not. Oh, you're looking at the sheet. Hey, so, stop so, it. No, so I had, a, I, I had a, a question that sure goes back to, to kind of far ago, but I just... Filming? Un, actually, it's more general. But sure. in thinking about, like, because uh, you're talking about, like, all these... People you you know in the film industry, and actually even in bartending. But how how do you, I guess within entertainment, how do you kind of catalog and mentally or written down or digitally keep track of all the people you've worked with and and kind of do you keep tabs on people you want to work with again or can you burn how do you maintain that to make up artist from yeah a commercial well, yeah. twenty years ago? Yeah. Um, yes. I have all of the paperwork from all of those things. That sounded kind of creepy. I have all my old um, yeah. I pictured it as like crew lists, pinned on a wall, all yeah. that stuff. No I, binders. I know. Just yeah. New school, new school, crazy. Uh, I have binders of all my crew lists and actors and connections and things. Um, I don't know. I I think for myself, I don't take advantage of the knowing unless there's something that's to benefit everybody involved. So I do know a lot of people. Like, so for now, um, I've connected with some people. I have a script that I'm trying to get Laz Alonzo 
to be part of? Highlander? No. Avatar? No. Oh, Avatar. Okay. There we go. Avatar and uh, a number of I, I other projects. Highlander He's done Lawrence a number of pr- other projects. Highlander is a that great renegade. touchstone. Yes. It is a great yes. touchstone. It really is. Okay, sorry. You're thinking of Mario Avatar. Van Peebles or... Something. It's fine. Yeah. Avatar. <laughs> Avatar, indeed. Oh, my gosh. Um, that was great, Renegade. Christopher Lambert. I love that movie. <laughs> Highlander is amazing. Sorry. Highlander and Queen. Absolutely. Um, but... Uh, we are born to be kings. We are princes of the universe. Yes. Listen, if you're going to sing... I you gotta do it louder and more for the microphone. Come on, dude, sing it out. I'm so stuffed up, but I will play it on LP. Do it. After this. <laughs> no, 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 just do it. <laughs> so, so yeah, you so you know people, no. you keep track mentally. Well, like you've talked to us, you've talked to us about like bartending ideas. Sure. I mean, and now you have pause on a filmmaking thing. I did a 48 hour film project, and I reconnected with people that I hadn't connected with, in Eh, maybe eight to ten years, honestly. But I connected with them because I felt that what I was doing was pertinent enough to connect back with them about where they are because I really respected what they did and how they did it, and I wanted to be part of that level of making movies. So um, when I did the 48-hour film project... I connected with all these people, and I didn't pull a number of genres. So all those people that I'd reconnected with, I didn't actually get to um, work with. But the people that I did work with stretched me. It was very, um, what's the word, when you stretch yourself? Extend? Broaden? Sure. But I felt like everything that we did was really stretching who I was and what I thought of. Expanding. So I know a little bit about this, but just for everybody else, you this is a fairly recent, probably one of the most recent full productions you've done was this 48-hour contest. Sure. Everybody in the contest had we all the same subject matter, but you were given a different genre. You pulled a different genre, right? So um, from the six o'clock hour to the seven o'clock hour, there were ninety teams that were each pulling a different genre, one of thirty, and we're each given two. So we pulled film noir and drama. And we had the opportunity to either create the film in film noir or drama or both. Both. Which film noir actually is drama. I was about to say those two go hand in hand. Pretty much. But we actually chose to do just drama and not do the film noir because that is a very specific type of drama. And it kind of limits a lot. Drama. So um, we did that. And we had 48 hours to uh, write produce, film, post, edit, all that stuff. Uh, A four to seven minute short film. And in that process, uh, 
you've got a lot of people working and depending on who's doing what, you know, you may have few people or many people, but there's somebody working at it every moment of every How many got turned in within the forty forty eight hours? Uh, of the ninety actual entrants into the forty eight hour here in Atlanta in twenty seven twenty eighteen. Um we had ninety entrants. Wow. That's bright. Oh I don't know why that just came Someone on. Someone turned on one of uh Oh I stepped on that. What am I doing? We had much? ninety entrants. We had I think 68 actual um, entries that w- arrived on time. It was a time element. You had 48 hours. If you didn't right. arrive on time, um, you weren't eligible for certain prizes. But if you submitted anyway after that, you were still allowed to screen. So you could screen your film, but you weren't eligible for any parts of that. Right, the rewards. Right, the, the... and and like we were third entry into it, um, and uh, so we uh, we finished everything. We got everything on in on time. We submitted the film. We didn't do very well overall. There were and and that's not because we didn't have a good project. We actually our project is really strong. Um, good acting, good writing. Um, I think the directing of the project was good. The writing um, and the situations, locations, everything we had was good. All right, I'm really gone. Yeah, help me out here. You doubled up. So, so I think things about the film, the submission was strong. And, and uh, in all fairness, I also worked on it uh, in post sound. Yep. Um, so I, everything was really strong. We finished the project, and it went out. But um, you know, when you're when you're working in a vacuum, everything that you do, that's what it is. Then when you put everything together and you try to quantify it and you look at who's is best, you will because we're all part of that whole process. When you look at things, you go, you know what? I did a great film. I really like my film, but I like this film better. Well, my 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 the whole point of my question was I was going to lead to like, what did you draw for your genres? Then I was going to see like, what did other people draw? Sure. And did that just fit the subject matter better? You know what? I mean, honestly, it's such a hodgepodge because there were thirty different genre. There were ninety teams, thirty different genres. So if we each got two, depending on what ever the combinations are through everything, there is a huge... Crossover. Sure. Crossover. Um, if this was a Venn diagram. <laughs> if it were a Venn diagram, uh, it would be a very strange Venn diagram because the crossovers with things, the elements that are extent within the genres and what people are pulling and what people are thinking and what they do and what they actually do with it. So there's this whole creative process. You know, the people that took their genres worked within it but had all the technical elements, had all of the humanity that they brought to the show, the connections with all those. And then 
there were some things that were more democratic and that you know the more people that showed up that you were friends with that showed up 100 percent. yeah but i mean it, i once it, entered a bodybuilding contest and <laughs> one i got i got all the way to the final I mean, i'm sorry I'm, that was that i feel like well a dick. i got all the way to the final i got all the way to the final and if they would have kept with their judging method which was applause I won. <laughs> but the judges stepped in at the final and gave it to the guy who actually was amazing. <laughs> he was he was fucking built like a fucking brick house. <laughs> Me on the other hand, I just had enough friends in the audience and I had exactly. I had I had wonderful college ladies oiling up somebody who was not a bodybuilder at all and everybody just got such a kick out of it <laughs> that, that I almost won a bodybuilding contest. <laughs> <laughs> and my shape has not changed no, at all since college. A, oh, okay, <laughs> I may have gained. I gained a little bit since college, but I get you. My get overall you. shape has been primarily the same. So I understand the democratic aspect. I understand that, it but is. I just th- I felt and, and I always it thought was. it was that's amazing. Was. I always thought it was just a really fun, if more than project experiment. Yeah, you know and. So I was just curious, kind of like how the other, the uh, RNG, if you will, kind of factored into it outside of the democratic part of it, you know, like the genre or so I'm just gonna, if there's something I'm that just you would have been more familiar. I'm just going to jump there with you, but uh, define RNG. Uh, random number generation, but really just randomness. It's okay. more... Gotcha. RNG, yeah, that's kind of like the no, nerdy you. video game side of me because we just call everything RNG because it's in the code. But I was thinking of Orangina, the soda orange juice. Orange, yeah, it's, it's, which it's, I like it's too. Really, it's, so my yeah, my I'm first kind of interaction with that was as a PA in uh, New York, yeah. <laughs> and I worked in uh, this company that. Um, did you make operated. an Orangina corporate? Oh, did you make an Orangina? Orangina commercial because if that's where we're segueing right now, my mind is blown. No, but okay, I, go ahead. I, I worked at a production company where Orangina needed to be part of the craft service because it needed to be there for the uh, clients that oh. needed to have Orangina oh. in in yeah. New York City. You know, so we're in New York City and I'm in, I'm I'm operating in the FIT center and we're doing commercials. And honestly, I don't know what commercials they were and. and Honestly, it wouldn't matter what I, what they were, because every client was treated, you know, really, really well because they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a commercial, and so you're going to treat your client well, and part of that is going to be spent on making sure that they feel comfortable while they're there, looking at something they have no idea what they're looking at. <laughs> it's very funny, but um, I remember being in New York and going to Zabar's. And a few other stores that I had to get Orangina, and I needed to get the orange one, but also I needed lemon. He said Zabars, not Gay Bars. Zabars, indeed. Mm-hmm. If you've been to New York, you know it. Indeed. Uh, I've lived here my entire life. I have zero culture outside of this place. Uh, I know of you things need to like get to New York. Zanzibar you need to get to New York. You need to go see Hamilton. Menards you need to go. I need all that stuff. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. (coughs) It's amazing. I also need 
four weeks of paid vacation and a million dollars in my bank account. But if anybody can help with that. I support that. Yes, thanks. Absolutely. 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 I want that for you because I want that for me. And if I had that for myself and I can make that happen for you, I would We're there. do We're it there. in a heartbeat. And this is why I follow Ty wherever he goes. <laughs> the middle way? The middle way. So, uh... Except for Midway because they it. went bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been Midway to Dick. Midway, Texas and had to drive to Albuquerque. And it was the most flat and boring Midway, place the Mortal Kombat in Midway the world. Yeah, they, cause they were, Midway, was, Midway was actually based in Chicago and they, they went under a while ago. Mortal Kombat didn't yeah. save them? Wow, you're off in a whole nother direction. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we, we go that way sometimes. That's right. It's okay. Because I mean, the video Big, games. Yeah. Go on. The video games. It's not enlightening. I yeah. don't know. We no went on Midway, and then he said Midway went bankrupt. And you talked about Midway, Texas, but I immediately went, wait, what? The creators of, of – the they weren't the creators of Mortal Kombat, were they? They were the original publishers. Publishers. Yeah. Okay. The publishers of Mortal Kombat yeah. ended up going bankrupt. That's insane okay. to me because yeah, it's well, one of the most successful franchises ever. Telltale happened three months ago, and that well, a bunch Telltale, of my friends. Telltale just spent a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money on a lot of stupid stuff. Real, fa- they got rich real fast, and then thought they can get bigger. That, yeah, Midway was like a prolonged thing, wasn't it? That's I, a whole nother discussion. I don't know yeah, the video I mean, game. If you want to look at decades in the industry, like you're looking at a difference of maybe eight years. Oh, okay. Of of, right. of, of between Midway and Telltale. progeny to to destruction. Yeah, but no. well, I mean, you just take Pong to where we are now. Pong. I mean, I so like so I, used to, I used to bartend. We don't have video on on, on this podcast no. yet, but you just aged yourself so hard. Oh, are you kidding me? You just, no, I'm just messing. Are you oh, kidding me? Let me let me make an old man joke. I don't get to do it often. <laughs> what? I don't get to do it often anymore. Do it. I, if you want to make you want to make an old man joke, tie hold are you? I'm fifty. Sweet. So the video game industry is forty-six years old, and I was that I was there right. at the beginning. So yeah, you I were had there. Commodore you were sixty-four. You were I there at the beginning. Pong. You were there before the beginning. I, I played, played Pong. Pong. I played Pong, but no, I no, played no. Pong on its. Hard. I played Pong when Pong was current. Yeah, I didn't play it on its release or anything. I, I, I owned Pong an Atari. Current. I owned a, yeah. an Atari. I owned an Atari, and I remember playing Asteroids. Really? And looping it. I remember playing Asteroids because it was one big loop, but it was a, like, 22-minute loop. I remember something around there. I remember looping that and And just feeling so accomplished. Playing it perfectly three, four, five times. And it was just, like, what your attention span would actually accept. But I would play that, and I loop that thing every single time. I would pay to see that, and I'd watch it. I'd fall asleep I, to that. I met Ralph Bear. That's pretty insane. There's the German immigrant yeah, in front yeah. of the Magnavox Odyssey, yeah. and that was, I would say was, that probably still is and will ever be the highlight of my game nerddom. Well, I mean, but you're, you are a video game developer. Yeah. So that's... But, I mean, this last year has been pretty awesome. And and the, so we're recording this on December 
Well, technically, technically it's the 27th, guys. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're way like, past our bedtime. Wow, yeah, totally. We're past our bedtime. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been an epic year. But, yeah, even even that, which happened a few before. Oh, shit. I was, I was about to say Didn't something. you meet Lionel? Was it you that met Lionel? Yeah, I've met Lionel. Yeah. yeah. See, that was he, si- he signed a sword I made for cosplay, the Sword of Omens. See, uh, I, I, I haven't met anybody on that front, but I know that I was on the forefront. You met Burt fucking Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. Well, but, uh, no, I met Burt Reynolds, but I also met um, Hank Aaron. And Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Yeah. Tony Randall. It's cool. Whom I know you don't know who that is, but that's okay. Was um, The Sopranos? What? No. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the strike against me. I got you. Chris Christopherson. Really? You know that. Joan mm-hmm. Plowright. Cheyenne. Yep. Atisi's Googling those people. <laughs> I, no, I was trying to figure out. He said, I know you don't know who that is. So I was trying to figure out who it is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Jane Krakowski. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just looking for anything else. Well, I wanted to go back to our camaraderie. Do it. Right. And our, and we had a little bit of discussion, um, which may even be recorded already, but it was pre-show. That was up to you. And it could be on... uh, Don't touch your beard. The what? Keep going. The Patreon. Keep going. Ask questions. How do you pronounce that really? Is it Patreon? Patreon. Patreon. We do have a Patreon and some of the random recordings that we get outside of our normal discussion. Some of this might already be on there, but uh, we were talking a little bit before, and our camaraderie all comes from bartending. We all work together. We were talking about, but we were talking about different love for different liquors, uh, particularly whiskey. If you want to hear that conversation, it was pretty good. Scotch. Scotch is, well, I said, well, <laughs> Japanese whiskey is king now for me. But they are imitating scotch. Um, but um, going even more basic than that, though, like where did your love for alcohol and your passion for what's going on come from? Do you remember when you first had your first drink? Do you remember when you first respected alcohol on a different level than just party favors? So, for me, um, I had friends and I would go to parties and there would be alcohol there. Their parents were understanding and, like, overseeing things and making sure it didn't get out of hand. But they were very aware of what was going on. And I never did anything during the whole high school thing I maybe had a drink or two but that was like the most I would do because I would start to feel out of kilter and then I would just stop um, but my friends you know and their parents were aware of all this stuff and I would see all this stuff going on and uh, I just you know I was just there experienced it etc as I got older and understood all these things I was, like, more ingrained into that and uh, just had greater control of things. Um, and 
I I respected the experiences that I had being in that space because I felt like I was being overseen, you know, so I respected it on that front. And what it was for a creative space. And it was really that. It was not about being drunk or getting stoned or doing all that stuff. It is how did that take that experience and morph into what you were doing in a creative space. And so the first, I want to say, two or three years that I was involved in that, I observed it. And then when I finally did get into it, the whole experience for me was in a creative space. I don't know where your question was going. <laughs> and you kind of answered it. That's, that, was that was awesome. It was amazing. You kind of answered it because I did ask like if you remember like your first alcohol beverage, but you you probably mm. don't really really remember. No. So uh, I remember my junior year to my senior year um, in New Jersey. My high school had a trip. They had scheduled a class trip where you could go to the southern coast of Ireland. You'd land on the uh, westernmost coast of Ireland, and you'd take a trip, and you'd go all these different places through up to Dublin on the west coast of Ireland, and then we'd go to Ireland, uh, no, to London. So we'd be in Dublin, then go to London. And I took that trip in between my junior and senior year. So you were 17? I was 17. And I land in Ireland, and the first thing we all do, we're like, hey, we can drink here. It's legal. And so I, I think in the airport, we sat down at the airport in uh, the restaurant there, and we had Guinness. We all had a Guinness. That's awesome. And I wish my first drink was a Guinness. So, uh, and, you know, a couple years back, uh, Guinness actually did this whole thing about, hey, tell us your first experience with Guinness. And I was like, oh, do I have a story to tell you? Now, I didn't hear anything back from that, so I was kind of sad, but I thought I had a great thing. Because I was 17, I was in Ireland, and I remember having Guinness, uh, I think I had two, just two, and by the time I got back to my room... The room was spinning. I couldn't lay down. I had to sit up until I laid down. And then I, I, you know, somewhere in there I'd fell asleep. But I was, like, constantly (laughs) sitting up, spinning up the room. And it was just crazy. Uh, But Guinness was my first experience of actually being, like, crazy uh, with an experience. Um, After that, I think uh, I worked in Long Island Island in the sports bar, and during Oktoberfest, we had this whole rumple mints. Peppermint schnapps. But we had chocolate shot glasses. There's no, there's nothing worse than rumble. Like edible chocolate shot glasses. Yeah, yeah. Like that's you. You take the shot and then you eat the shot glass. Chocolate shot glasses with peppermint schnapps. Thin mints. And I remember having this experience of doing all this, and I think I had total of eleven or twelve shots, which is at least a third or half of a bottle of rumble mints, which is a hundred percent. It's crazy. It's just like, wow. And I remember riding my bicycle home (laughs) 
through the snow in Long Island. Like, the whole weather thing. I'm sorry. I hate weather. But I remember, you know, I grew up in New York, New Jersey. I didn't know any different. That's just what it was. That's what I dealt with. And I remember riding my bicycle in the snow just coming past me. And I'm just, you know, this the the lights that are there and through the lights you see the snow that are going and I'm riding my bicycle and as I'm on my way home that mile and a half or two miles home on my bicycle I'm like oh, I gotta get toilet paper all right so I stop at the 7-eleven pick up toilet paper and I'm on a bicycle so it's just under my arm and then I have to do the three-story walk up with my bicycle and this toilet, and toilet paper, paper. And I just get up, and I don't know what time it was, but I get home, and I crash out. I have to be back at work at 10 o'clock in the morning. No. Yeah. Awful. And that's how you get really indoctrinated into the industry. Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. I remember just <laughs> I remember the first time that I ever overdid it so bad that I was late and impeded my job the next day. And luckily, I had one of the greatest managers I've ever had. I showed up. Not only did I show up late, I showed up like two and a half hours late. Um, when And my phone was dead and nobody could get a hold of me. When I did finally show up, my manager was right there. And instead of being just chided and chastised and beaten down, there were other people there who were out in the same atmosphere I was in the night before so he already knew what was going on and as soon as he saw me he started the perfect movie slow clap like just <laughs> you finally showed up and everybody joined in <laughs> and then for the rest of the day I didn't get to serve any tables or serve any drinks I just bust tables and wash dishes and went home <laughs> But he slow clapped me, you and he told me up. he told me that day he was like everybody gets one, <laughs> you know, and it was it was, it was awesome. Everybody gets but one. But you showed up. I didn't show up. You, you showed up. If you hadn't showed up, it would have oh, been a probably, completely oh, different scenario. Hundred percent. But, but you I showed, showed up. up. That's awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. It was good times. Very funny. Well, Ty, thank you hey, for man, being our guest on. tonight. Thank you. Thank you for drinking our alcohol. Uh, and thank you for being an inspiration to human beings everywhere. Yeah, well, <laughs> cheers. 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 You've got a glass. I've got a glass. TC's. Uh, TC's still gagging on Malort. Yeah. Somewhat abstaining. Lasso life. Oh. Uh, yeah. Cheers. And that wraps it up for episode seven. Part two, our interview with Ty. Since you're still here, you must have enjoyed listening to the podcast. In that case, please uh, like us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, tweet at us, say something at Wasted K Podcast on Twitter. Feel free to send us an email at Wasted Knowledge Podcast at gmail.com. If you're going to be in the Atlanta area uh, visiting or you're already here permanently, send us a message. We'll get you on the show. Uh, you can always find the newest episodes at wasted-knowledge.blueberry.net. You can find extended episodes with outtakes, uh, even from this one, uh, at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wasted knowledge. Please, 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 always drink responsibly and get a safe ride home. Till next time, cheers.